Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and I'm joining me today as usual is Scott McDermott. And I'm delighted to say that Gary Ralston is also along for the ride. Welcome, Gary. Back, just back from Dubai with a lurgy, so if you hear um, <laughs> sniffles and what have you coming in the corner here, it's, it's not tears that are being wiped away. I think Scott McDermott's struggling away. It's well, yeah. purely the cold and the, cold and the sniffles. It's not a visual medium, but Gary's looking lovely in time. You can tell he's been somewhere <laughs> sunny, but unfortunately come back with the cold. So... <laughs> Um, right, well, we're going to start off with a transfer update, then go on to your questions, guys. So we'll start with some of the news that's been surrounding the club recently. And first of all, Greg Doherty, Scott. This is one that's been running for a while. Looks like he's going to go on loan. Initially, it was Sunderland that was being mentioned. But now, Charlton seem to be pushing into the scene a little bit. There's been reports coming out of Sunderland that perhaps that deal is not as uh, firm as we initially thought. Um, and I suppose a lot of fans will be looking at that going, Charlton, Lee Boyer. What? Yep. <laughs> well, I think Sunderland have signed in our midfielder, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Is it barely right for Bristol City? So it looks as if that might be unlikely now. Um, I thought Greg Dockett would move to the Championship in England, if I'm honest, um, after his loan at Shrewsbury, where he'd done really well. Player of the Year, uh, couldn't have done much more, to be fair. So I thought the next step up would be maybe kind of lower-end Championship uh, to try and move up a level. But listen, Sunderland and Charlton, are massive clubs, as you know, particularly Sunderland. Um, and if it is going to be Charlton, then that's a decent move for him as well. Certainly a, certainly a grade up for, for Shrewsbury, with all due respect. Gary, is there a sense that Charlton is a better move because it is the Championship? It, it, it is, but I think you've also got to give, um, or we have to acknowledge also, there's 10 days or so still to go in this transfer window. So I think that, uh, I think he would have jumped at the chance of Sunderland simply because of yeah. the, the, the scale and the, the atmosphere around that club. Um but you know he's he's entitled to sit tight for the next few days. There'll probably be things in the in, in the breeze that have yet to you know that have yet to, to to be firmed up. So I think something might well happen for Greg Docker at the at the championship level. Maybe more options in the in, in the days ahead. You you surprised? Are there any you surprised that the Rangers don't seem to want to go to a Scottish club in loan? Or there's no more. I know there's there's financial implications because clubs down south can afford to pay loan fees, but. I just think a move to a, a kind of top end Scottish club where you're going to see him every week. He's in the limelight up here. Obviously, he's not going to play against Rangers, but he can play against the uh, Rangers rivals, um, including Celtic. Obviously, I thought it might have been a good move for him. Mm, he, he stay I disagree. Up here. I disagree. No? I think Gerard is more likely to take a, a, a greater world view on it. Yeah. What more can Greg Doherty learn from Scottish football? And I think at this stage, it's about there and exposing himself as much as possible to new environments, um, you know, new conditions, new clubs, new challenges. I mean, he's he's been a stalwart for Hamilton Aki's for yep. what three, four seasons. He knows the Scottish scene inside out from 
his couple of years at Rangers, albeit he didn't, he hasn't played much for Gerrard. So I think that it's um, it's widening his horizons to go down there. But you're right, Scott. It's probably the greatest part of it is the financial, Aye. because if an English club isn't picking up the, his entire wage package while he's down there, they'll be certainly the picking up a significant chunk of yep. it. Celtic have managed that quite well in the past, though, haven't they, Gary? With someone like Ryan Christie, who came in and damaged Rangers when he played for Aberdeen. So the argument in such a wafer-thin margin in the title race is that if you were to give someone like Greg Dockery, say, to Hearts, yep. he could go and potentially help Hearts take points off Celtic. Celt- Celtic did it with Hibs uh, somewhat <laughs> mischievously a couple of years ago. Um, Celtic's um, um, uh, business to do that, but um, when Hibs were in the Championship and going uh, toe-to-toe with, with Rangers at the time as well, they did it quite cannily at that uh, at that point as well and gave a, a couple of players over. Um, and Hibs reaped the rewards of that with the, the 2016 yep. Scottish Cup final win as well. Yeah. So yeah, so there is a way that you can, I guess, undermine opponents by doing that, but I think that sometimes... Um, um, given and, and I think the player enjoyed himself in in, in, in in that, and I think probably the player himself doesn't want to go to another Scottish club no, uh, other, than, other than Rangers. Yeah. I think he probably wants to. If he's not going to be at Rangers, he, he wants to go down south and, and probably put himself in a bigger shop window as well. Okay, every transfer window is silly season to some extent, but we got a story today that I think um, probably pushes above the envelope of what we'd normally consider silly season. Or maybe not. Let's see what you think, Scott. Um, this was Luis Pinto, who's the Colombian version of Walter Smith, who's a sort of storied title-winning manager who also managed the national team. He's come out and said Mar- uh, Barcelona should target uh, Alfredo Morelos to replace the injured Luis Suarez. What's your immediate take on that? Wow. <laughs> uh, where do you start with that? Nah, listen. Mate, if, he's, if the guy's Colombian and no Barca are looking for somebody... No, maybe it's quite natural for him. Maybe he thinks they can just go and the club like Barcelona can just come in and take Morelos for no a relative pittance. Um, he can fill a gap, but no, we all know that's not going to not going to happen. Could he cut it at Barcelona? I think still early in his his development uh, to think that he could get in there and really make an impact. I think he's got a wee bit to go before uh, you start linking them with clubs like that. Given the two recent suspensions as well for Morelos, I always thought that this season would be a career-defining season for Morelos and I think that these four months can be career-defining four months because at the end of this season, um, Morelos will go and it really all depends now in the next four months what type of player he becomes. Yeah. I think in the fullness of time he has got the p- potential and he's got the ability and he's got the drive and energy that could take him to the very top of the game. But it's just as likely that he could be one of those strikers that bounces around the Russian leagues and you know the lower leagues in some of the bigger countries for £2 million or £3 million at a, you know, transfer transfers um, values at a pop. Um, or he could be that player who goes from being a 20 to £25 million striker to being a 30, 40, £50 million striker. It's really all down now to Alfredo Morelos. Um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't always make it drink. And he's got the talent to go as far as he wants to take him. But has he got the temperament? Next well, four I'll, months will be crucial in that. I'll tell you what, Gary, I'm going to put the pressure on you a little bit here and say, right, you're his agent. Now, I know that comes with great financial rewards, so I'm sure you'll enjoy that. But where do you put Alfredo Morelos, given what you've just said, if you're his agent? What do you advise him and where do you think he should go? Is he suitable for the Premier League down in England? Do you think they should be thinking about La Liga? What should be the long-term 
or the medium term plan for Alfredo Morelos come the end of the season? Listen, I think it's all one if you're his agent having a plan. You know, if I was your agent, Johnny, I would have the plan for you to be the editor of the New York Times within five years. Is it likely to happen, right? Um, Unlikely. So it all depends that what your plans for your client are against the reality of actually who's going to want to come and buy them. Because in the summer, if it's lower level um, English Premier League clubs, with respect to clubs like maybe um, Everton's or Aston Villa's or something like that, that may be the only offer on the table. At which point you say, well, look, Alfredo, I would say take this move because you can then go there and prove that you've got the potential, you know, give yourself a two or three seasons down there and then you've got, you'll be hitting the age of 26, 27 and you've got the potential to then show the Liverpools and the Manchester United, the Man Cities, the bigger clubs even in Italy and England that you can cut it at that level. So you might, Or it could well be that his form is such in the last few months of this season that those bigger clubs in these countries that are already, they will be looking at him because you don't score 28 goals, make a breakthrough and score it for Colombia and score as many goals in the Europa League without having these bigger, coming across the, the, the radar of these uh, bigger clubs, huge clubs. Um, and it may well be the case that they come in the summer and say, no, you know what, we're going to risk 25 million quid on this kid. We think there's something about him. Um, at which point, if you're his agent, you say, there you go. You've missed out the step, the, the, the Everton and Aston Villa step, if you like. You can go straight to the top. Same I, question, Scott. I think every agent looks towards the Premier League, now, whether we like it or not. No, the money down there, the wages, the transfer fees, the no, the global exposure. Um, I think any agent worth their salt, if they've got a player like Morelos, looks to the Premier League, whether he'd be... No, I think there's a case they say he might be more suited to La Liga than he is uh, the Premier League. But I think initially, if you're doing well in Scotland, as he obviously is, um, if you're looking after him, you want to get him down south no, as quickly as possible and for as much money as possible. And then, no, as Gary says, if you go to a, no, one of the kind of middle of the road clubs, you can go and do a Van Dyke, suddenly a Liverpool or a, a Man U or whoever comes in for you. If you do it in the Premier League, you'll get the bigger Spanish clubs uh, looking at you, trying to take you over there. But certainly at the moment, I'd be amazed if his uh, if his advisors weren't no gearing towards uh, towards the English Premier League. Well, talking of the Premier League, Scott, one name that's been linked with both Rangers and Celtic that is also now being linked with the Premier League club, Sheffield United, is Tyrese Campbell, son, of course, of uh, yep. the great Kevin Campbell, played for Arsenal and Everton back in the day, who's a very powerful and, and top-quality striker in his own right. Do you think that is one of those situations whereby the minute a Premier League com- club comes in that it's almost Rangers and Celtic are blown out of the water, in a sense? Or... Is there a career path for a player like Tyrese Campbell there at Celtic or Rangers? And we're here to talk about Rangers, so let's just focus on that. Yeah. That allows his agent and his advisors to say, listen, son, go up there, spend a couple of years up there, banging 60, 70 goals, and then the sky's the limit. Whereas if you go to a Premier League club like Sheffield United, you're fighting it out with £20 million striker Ollie McBurnie for a place uh, and others, yeah. and it's much more difficult. I certainly don't think the old firm are blown out the water just because one... Premier League club comes in. Um, no, Rangers and Celtic are obviously trying to take advantage of these cross-border compensation, which is 100% the way to go. We've already seen it with Moussa Dembele and, and Joe Aribo. Um, Dembele, who was a massive success, and Aribo looks as if he's, uh, he's going to be a big player for Rangers as well. Um, and I think at times 
it would suit the player as well to do the, the cross-border thing, especially when you're going to going to such a massive club like Rangers. Um, if Rangers are genuinely interested in them, which we think they are, I think it would be a great move. Um, no, I've no seen... I've seen enough of him to uh, to think that he would be a, a really good player up here. No, good left foot, strong runner, no, can, can run in behind, clearly got an eye for goal. Um, I think for the the fees that you're talking about with the cross-border thing, I think it's a no-brainer for Rangers to, to go for this guy. No, I'm not saying he would be a, a ready-made replacement for Morelos, but for that money, it's worth taking the gamble that he just might be. No, you look at what Morelos has turned into for a million quid. If you could get Tyrese Campbell for, no, what they're talking, 400 grand, um, and get that deal done, I think it'd be a, a brilliant bit of business. Um. I think that Stoke City, if they're resigned to losing the player, and I know that they're not, they'll be desperate that he does go to another English club because they want yeah. to get money. And although it will cost Rangers somewhere in the region of £400,000, um, as did Joe Aribo on the books, the bottom line is that these are still multi-million pound deals because not only uh, does the agent get a sizeable chunk of the, the, the money for putting his client towards the club, but the player gets a, a significant, a hugely significant signing on fee uh, as well. Now, given the scale of the economics in the Premier League, it's likely that Sheffield United would be able to match whatever Rangers could offer the, the, the boy himself and it would probably have to be in excess of a million quid. So this would still be a two and a half £3 million deal, even though on paper it's probably a £400,000 transfer, there will be fees that have to be paid to agents and, and players, and it all depends how the player sees his career developing, does he want to, and I'm not going to do a Steve Nicol who was slaughtered quite rightly so by Sheffield United's uh, own uh, in-house media team this week for saying that, writing them off at the start of the season I'm not writing Sheffield United off by any, any way, shape or form, but the bottom line is that they're unlikely to be challenging at the upper half of the Premier League so as a striker he will be playing a lot of his football with his back to goal um, and does he really want to be that type of striker you come up here and you play for Rangers or indeed Celtic you know you will get chances you will get opportunities and although some of the opposition uh, over the course of a league season may be more modest you balance that against the prospect of Europa League and even potentially for Rangers Champions League football next season and that's a big uh, that's a big dangle for particularly for a young player. You're not asking him to come up here and spend the next ten years of his life. But if um, in the case of Aribo and Dembele, you can get them for two or three years and then move them on again for significant money. Everyone's a winner. The last story that we've got here is Umar Sadiq. Now we thought we'd finish talking about him for good <laughs> when uh, when he departed Ibrox. But he's actually gone to Partizan Belgrade in Serbia and done really well. He scored 16 goals in 30 games, including five in the Europa League. Not quite Alfredo Manelos numbers, but still pretty decent. Now, there's a complex situation going on between Roma, Napoli and Partizan Belgrade. Let me try to explain it, Scott. They paid, Partizan Belgrade paid 100 grand or 100,000 euros for the player for his loan spell. And in that deal, they had a 1.5 million pounds uh, transfer fee set up for when uh, that deal finishes if they want to proceed with the deal that can happen but he's done so well that he's now rated by Roma in the £10 million bracket and Napoli headed of course by Reno Gattuso are said to be interested by the Italian media and s some stories that have come out in the Serbian media this has caused a bit of a kerfuffle because Roma are now saying well we want to cancel this deal we want at least half uh, so it seems to be a very, very complex situation with multiple moving parts. 
But how surprised are you that that player is getting linked with that kind of move at this stage? 10 million quid. That's some money. Um, listen, it's hard to say because we only seen snippets of him. Uh, in action, obviously, the the big one was the, the League Cup semi-final where he got the nod to start when Morelos and Kyle Lafferty were both out. He didn't quite do himself justice. Stephen Gerrard came in for a bit of, a bit of criticism uh, for that decision. And no, looking at him that day, he certainly didn't look like a ten million pound player. Um, I remember speaking to people within Rangers uh, about him in training and stuff at the time, and the reports weren't brilliant. Uh, I have to say. So, listen, he's obviously went away. He's did okay with Partizan Belgrade. I seen a couple of wee snippets of him in the Europa League uh, where he looked dangerous. I think he played Man United in a couple of games. Uh, so fair play to him if he's if he's done enough um, because he clearly had potential as a young player. And, you know, Stephen Gerrard spoke highly of him when, when Rangers brought him in, and it sounded as if Gerrard had did a bit of homework on him. So fair play to him if he has got his kind of career back on track and he's attracting that kind of interest. Then you know, who are we to argue? Do you know the only thing I say? I've been in Serbia a couple of times. Remember pitching up at Novo Sad. Novi Sad um, for a game a couple of years ago, Scotland game, played in the snow. But anyway, um, they're obsessed over there in the way that the Albanians love Norman Wisdom. In Serbia, they love Only Fools and Horses. They've got you know, bars and stuff like that uh-huh. dedicated to Only Fools and Horses. So the only thing that I can suggest is that Del Boy Trotter is now, <laughs> is now operating as Umar Sadiq's agent over there. Because, hey, and good luck to the big man. Sometimes it works for you at clubs, sometimes it doesn't. He and Rangers just clearly weren't a, weren't a good fit. But He's, he's obviously doing something that Red Star he's maybe got a coach that believes in him he's maybe you know enjoying the environment more than he did there in Glasgow but £10 million pounds, this time next year Rodney will be Aye. millionaires <laughs> Okay guys now we're going to move on to listener questions that we've got from Twitter so um, first one here I'm just trying to make sure they're clean obviously um, this is from at Big Buff Madness good Twitter handle there uh, do you think going further in the Europa League will be detrimental to a title challenge, Gary? No, I don't, because I think the one thing that players enjoy is playing games. Um, high uh, energy, high atmosphere, high stakes games. And I think that one hand washes the other. You get as far as you can in Europe and it will also um, it will test the squad. But I think it also helps the championship challenge as well. I, I agree. I think... When it's knockout games like that, you just want to go as far as you can. Helps build momentum. You know, if you get good results, there's that kind of snowball effect where you're winning in the league, winning in Europe. I think, I think at this stage in a season, getting into the knockout phase, it can actually, it can actually help you in the league the further you go. Is it fair to say the punishing part of the Europa League is done? The group stage, of the, course. The grind, of course. Well, the qualifying rounds and the group stage. As I say, now you're getting into the kind of. No, they kind of glamorise, if you like, um, whether it's no every week relentless. Um, and no, I think a lot of people expect Rangers to go and beat Braga uh, and get into the last 16. And once you get to that stage, uh, no, who knows how far you can get. As I say, I think the feel-good factor that can come with that can actually help you domestically. 
Now, I think me and Scott have both had our hits and misses in terms of player transfer tips over the years that we've done this, uh, Gary. Famously, I backed Carlos Pena. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody though, rem- remembers or reminds me of the fact that I was saying for quite a long time that Glenn Kamara should be on Rangers' transfer list. Um, but another player that I've been thinking that I should say that I think should be on Rangers' transfer list is Lyndon Dykes. Uh, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him this season. He's a rough diamond but I think he's got a bit of quality about him. Gary's looking at me as if I'm an alien. Um, <laughs> but Paul Fitzpatrick agrees. He says, should Rangers be buying back uh, buying back up for number nine, who can lead the line in a similar vein to Morelos? Someone like Lyle, Lyle Taylor or Lyndon Dykes? Well, they've not got an interest in Lyle Taylor, I can tell you that. Um, ugh, Lyndon Dykes. <sighs> <laughs> Is he that good? You know, we we spoke to um, Stephen Gerrard at the start. I spoke to Stephen Gerrard at the start of the season and asked him that uh, when Lafferty left and said, "Look, will you bring in another big, towering front man? You know, someone that you can bring it up, mix it up. Ten minutes to go, add a bit of physicality in your forward line." He says, "No. He says because it's not how I want to play football. It's not how I see football played. So I don't think that that type of front man." Um, would fit a, find a place easily within Gerard's team. Um, he's got not a bad first touch though, has he? Big Dykes. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not slating him. Um, I, like, I, like I admire, I admire he, the way he, that he's he's come up for Queen of the South, and you know, and he, he formed a good partnership down there with, with Dobby and the likes. But I, I'm just not sure that he's that he's what Rangers need to be. To nah, be I've, I've not seen enough of him, Johnny, but. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with Gary that I don't think he's quite at the level where Rangers would be looking at. Um, I mean, if I was Steven Gerrard, I would be tempted to, at some stage, get a striker like that in the squad just to give you different options. Uh, I know Gary's saying about the way they play, um, and that's right. I suppose the key is finding a kind of big striker who has got a decent touch and who who can link the play, and I know they don't... uh, no, they're no easy to come by. Um, but in terms of Dykes, I, mean, I, I, I would far prefer like Sam Cosgrove, for instance, who I know is going to cost a fair bit of money now if you were going to go and get him. I think Cosgrove has got that physical presence, but he can also play and he's he's he can he's pacey and he can go on behind. Do you know the player that I, that I really like, but he frustrates me because he doesn't do it consistently or often enough, but I, I took a look at him when he first came in, he was playing for Neil Lennon, I thought, he's really, really good. It's the boy Camberry at Hibs. Yeah. But to me, he just doesn't, you know, he's a guy, you know, he's a big guy, so he can hold it up, he's got a lovely touch, he can yep. link play well, he drops play, he can play with his back to goal, he can play in front of goal, but he just doesn't, he, he seems to be a confidence striker. Um and he just hasn't done it often enough. But right. I think someone like Camberry on forum um, can play consistently. I think he's a, he would be a terrific yep. asset. I don't disagree. Uh, just what, you, what you're saying, I think there's, there seems to be kind of question marks over uh, him, didn't he, about his yeah. attitude and that, whether he really, some games you look at him, whether he really fancies it or no. But I think it's the mentality factor yeah. for me. It's, is he robust enough mentally to yeah. cope with the pressure at, at Rangers? Because when he's good, as you say, Gary, yep. there's no doubt he's good enough. Yep. But it's how often he produces that. And obviously, I think Neil Lennon, he's got that style of management, which is quite testing for players. But I think pretty much Stephen Gerrard's no different in that regard. Yeah. He might be a little bit better on the soft skills or, or not. I don't know. But I don't think the standards will be any lower than Neil Lennon had put them. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think on his game, he would 
No, he would definitely be a, a target for the for both old firm clubs, but I think there are still question marks over it. It'll be interesting to see. He started well under Jack Ross uh, at Hibs. It'll be interesting to see how he does between now and the end of the season. Okay, I've got a question from Blair Stevenson here. With Fodringham and Al- Anik out of contract at the end of the season, do you think Rangers will recruit a goalkeeper in this summer? Um, McGregor and Firth signed for another year. McCrory is going to Livingston for six months. Um, Gary, what do you, what's your take on that? My take on it, and it's very significant, is that uh, Robbie McCrory is on his way to Livingston. Um, it may Premiership football may have come a little earlier for him than ideally you would have. He might have expected, but I think it's a, a it's a game that he it's a move that he has to take, and I think they like they they rate him very highly at Rangers. Hibs wanted to buy him a couple of weeks ago and were knocked back. Hearts were sniffing around him as well. The one thing that about him at Queen of the South is any mistakes that he made were kind of made in private with respect to Queens, and, and, and I'm a big fan of the Palmerston Club. I've got friends and, and connections down there. Um, but he's now stepping up a level where every game will be shown in sports scene, for example, so every error that he makes has the potential to be magnified, but so too has every, uh, has every uh, save. And at the age of, what is he, 21 now? Quite young for a goalkeeper, 21, yep. 22 um, I think Rangers fancy Robbie McCrory, and I think that if he can make a real go of this Livingston move, then I think within 18 months, Alan McGregor's just signed a 12-month contract, I think within 18 months he could could emerge to become the first-team goalkeeper at Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I've said a few times on here, I think Rangers view Robbie McCrory as the long-term replacement for Alan McGregor. Um I think they believe he's that good it's just in terms of his development now and I agree with Gaz I think the Livingston move will be good for him it's another step up playing Premier League um, I would think looking, you know, trying to look ahead see if he, he does really well at Livy for six months and then that could maybe even be taken into next season and he gets a full season a Premiership next season Long term, I think he would then come back the following year and base if Alan McGregor's McGregor did it at St Johnson and Dunfermline yeah. as well. Um, early doors. He, he would then come back as McGregor's understudy and really properly challenging for a, a first team play. So I mean, to answer your question, will they go for a keeper in the summer? I think they probably will because they'll want a strong backup keeper in McGregor. No, because expect Fodringham and Anik to go. I don't think Andy Firth's at that level. I think he's seen as the third choice. McCrory could go in as the, the backup, but I think it'd be more advantageous for him, as I say, to have a year at Livy or somewhere like that. So I think they will go in for a, a backup keeper in the summer, No, presuming that, that Fodringham and, and Annick are away. There's a lot of people on asking about what they describe as uh, John Hartson's meltdown um, on BBC Sports Sound last night. Uh, Ga- Gary, what I would ask with regards to this is, it's now nearly a month after this old firm game. You've been doing this job a long, long time. Have you ever seen that this kind of level of hysteria after a match about the incidents that took place within the match going back maybe 25 years? Is this new? It feels, it <laughs> would, feels intense. Would, would, would you want me to see what generally when Rangers win them? Um, <laughs> he laughs, right? He laughs. Um, uh, I think there's, it's a... Um, 
league planners are caught between a rock and a hard place because this game has become now the last game of the uh, before the winter shutdown and with respect to the championship league one and league two there ain't a lot to write about in those three weeks when premiership football isn't around so it does tend to be I mean I think the last one 12 months ago it took about three days for people to decide that in fact John Beaton didn't actually have really quite a good game after three, it was it took about three days before everybody did a, a 180 turn and say that he did an absolute stinker and missed three glaring red cards from Alfredo Morelos. So these games have got a tendency to be dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. Not help, it has to be said, in my opinion, by a compliance officer that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that it takes her the best part of three weeks. Uh, and in, in the case of the Hibs Rangers game, the best part of four to decide that Hibs and Rangers have got uh, charges to answer for. Whether the charges are legitimate or not, we'll be, we, you know, let's we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm sure both clubs will, will mount their defences. But Claire White may be a, a good lawyer, but I think she's a rotten politician. What she should have done was on the day that she cited Ryan Christie, she should also have come out then with her charges and said, and by the way, you know, we'll bring Rangers to book for this because for it to just to go on for another two weeks just continues it on and on and on and on. But that's where we are in Scottish football. We've got a title challenge going. We've got irrelevant Rangers again. We've got excitement at the top of the table. Everything's been exacerbated. It wasn't like that for so long. Um, and it just reflects the fact that, uh, that, that, that Rangers and Celtic are really, in terms of Scottish football, the only show in town. That's a good point Gary makes, Scott, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the compliance officer situation is baffling, isn't even, it? Even the, I mean, aside from the Celtic game, even the charge relating to uh, Tom Culshaw for the Hubs game, um, I mean, why that couldn't have been dealt with like, no, the day after or the, the, a couple of days after? Well, the referee's report comes in, what, 48 hours afterwards? So Aye, I, mean, a, a I mean, that is just that. It's handbags and the touchline. Guys shouting and arguing with each other. No, you cite him, you give him a one-game touchline ban, that's it. Yeah. Instead, it's like, you no, know, 19 days later, a guy's getting pulled up for a, no, a game It was it was three weeks ago at Easter Road. It's just bonkers. The, um, the most concerning part of it for me was the fact that Alfredo Morelos was booked after the fact in the game, and that didn't come out till nearly 20-odd days later. Yeah. That The SPFL website, which lists all the bookings and yellow card, red cards as well, does not list that booking even to this moment. Now, they might say that there's precedent with after after game cards, etc., etc., but I don't see why that should be the case. Transparency in Scottish football isn't transparency in Scottish football have never made particularly comfortable bedfellows, have they? Um, and I was surprised at John's uh, meltdown as well. You know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. For John Hartson to take such a robust stance against Alfredo Morelos is quite frankly a tad. And I like uh, Hartson, I like a lot of his commentary, but it's a tad hypocritical from someone who was responsible for one of the the the, the, the worst uh, assaults on a teammate in the you know in the most recent history of British football with what he did against Ayo Berkovic. Um, so I think for John to get a bit vexed about a. a, a, a player making a, a gesture um, however unseemly it may have been coming off, a, coming off a football pitch I think it was a wee bit rich You agree Scott? I agree uh, Listen we spoke before this about the um, the kind of fallout of this game and you, know, you think back to the old firm games in the last few years um, and some of the absolute you know, humiliations that Rangers have suffered in this, this fixture um, and as a result of that, Celtic players, listen, quite rightly probably if you're in that position, 
no, you're kind of, no, you've got your rivals exactly where you want them. No, you're going to lap it up, whether it was Lee Griffiths, Scott Brown, Neil Lennon, whoever it might have been. Um, and Rangers, no, had to suck that up. No, 5-0 defeats, 4-0 defeats. No, a, a horrible run. Um, so I think, no, that after one, no, one Rangers victory uh, for the first time in what, nine years was it the first? The first one at Celtic Park, um, and an old firm game in nine years. Um, to think there has been this, no kind of hysterical reaction. Um, it just seems a bit, a bit crazy. Okay, um, that's us done with the questions. Sorry if yours didn't get asked, um, but there's always next week. Now, just before we go, we've got Rangers against St Mirren on uh, Wednesday at Ibrox. Scott, your very, very quick summation of what you think is going to happen in that game and a scoreline prediction. Uh, I think Rangers will win. I mean, they're going to need to be really professional about it. Uh, on paper, they should wipe the floor with St Mirren, but we know it's it's never quite as easy as that. And being the first Premiership game, no post winter break, it's vital that they get off to a, a flyer and start to build momentum. I think Rangers will win three 0 on Wednesday night. Gary, will you be at Ibrox for that one? I, I won't. I was there on Friday night. wasn't impressed with them against Stranraer at all. Thought they were too sluggish. I think they'll face a similar, but more disciplined, uh, even more disciplined um, St Mirren uh, performance. I'm expecting a lot from Rangers. Uh, I don't think that they've often done enough from set pieces at home. They've proved vital away from home for Park, Rugby Park, Celtic Park. I think set pieces could become key for Rangers in this run of five four of their next five games at home. Um, I think the central defenders and the like should should be should be finding that. I think Rangers will win, but it'll be a two 0 Okay, guys, thanks for that. Um, well, that's all from us. We will be back probably on Friday to give you some reaction from the midweek games. But if not, we'll be back at the start of next week. Um, if you want to continue the debate, you can get me on Twitter at Johnny R McFarlane. You can get Scott at Scott McDermott. And Gary takes a an abstinence from Twitter, don't you guys? You're, yes, you're not uh, involved in any of that nonsense. That's right. That's uh, right. So, 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 social media, the, the, you know, yeah, I, I, I do. It's, um, yeah, let's just leave it there. There's enough we? madness in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like my life nice and uh, nice and simple. And do you know what? The bottom line is this: opinions are like belly buttons. We've all got them, and they don't hold a lot of water. So <laughs> I wish people would stop frothing at the mouth whenever somebody comes up with an opinion that they don't like. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I think you're the most sensible of us all. I think we should all probably get off to our to be honest. Right, until next time, thanks for listening.